but it's another thing for faith to work. And you know what he does? He asks us to stretch out that withered hand. A withered hand is a hand that you hold inside. A withered always speaks of something broken. It speaks of something that's not receiving circulation. Jesus said to stretch forth your withered hand. You know, it's amazing when Jesus is in the house. Guess what? Nothing is predictable. When Jesus is in the house, nothing goes according to our plan. And aren't you glad for that? (laughs) You know, I got all my notes up here, and the Lord lets me study all week and pray all week, and then I get give here, and he says, Ray, not not your day today. And I said, well, Lord, what did you have me do? He says, for another day, but it's good. It's good. See, we are a spirit-filled, spirit-led church. We believe that today God is speaking a now word. And I felt like today, you know, the Holy Spirit's coming. The Lord said something to me back here. He says, Ray, I've been waiting a long time to get the attention of this congregation. There's a prophecy that was given to this house, and I brought it. This was spoken over this church in 2004 by Brother Gentile. He's a prophet of God. He lives in San Jose, California. And he says this, when he, he's, a, he's a man, he's in his 80s today, a, a really mighty man of prayer. But he said this, he says, I've been to your, I, haven't, I don't know a whole lot about this church, but I've been here four or five times. This is what he said. I sense as though the Lord has been standing off in the shadows, yet looking at this church. He's moving out of the shadows, and I see him coming to this house. And I see a smile starting to break across Jesus' face. There is an approval of God that is coming upon this people. The Lord has heard your cry. The Lord has seen the agony of soul, and the Lord has seen those who have struggled. And the Lord knows you by name, and his eye has been upon you. Now the Lord would say, if you will come into a new level of obedience to me, I will truly bless. I will bless your going out. I will bless your coming in. I will bless you when you stand up. I will bless you when you sit down. I will bless you when you walk and when you work. I will bless you when you sleep at night. The Lord would say, I indeed will smile upon your life. But I would ask that you would smile toward me and say, Lord, I delight to do your will. Amen? How many of you delight to do his will? God is no respecter of persons. And I believe God is coming here to touch our hearts this morning. He's here to make a mark on your life. And what he's done this morning. How how many of you have already felt the Lord touch you in some Maybe a physical way, you touch your body. How many received the baptism of the Holy Spirit today? Praise God. All right. Hallelujah. Amen.
Now remember, the baptism of the Holy Spirit is not fire, it's not a wind, it's not a dove, it's a person. It's the very person of the, of the Trinity of the Godhead. And when He comes inside, you have the inner witness of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And He wants to talk and walk with you every day. He wants to give you wisdom in every area of your life. And one of the ways that we know we have the power of the Holy Spirit is we walk in the love of God. We're walking in love. We not only love towards the Lord, but we walk in love towards one another. Amen? The Bible says that he who hates his brother abides in darkness. But when we walk in love, we walk in the light. And so one of the things God's not only doing to restore our hearts and our lives and our bodies, but He wants to restore relationships, doesn't He? God never intended for us to run. He intended for us to forgive and to work things through. He intends for our marriages to be strong, our churches to be strong. Amen. How many of you believe that? That's what God's Word says. But there are people today that run. There are people today that have serious issues. There's people that gossip and they slander. And I want to tell you right now, that is the spirit of Antichrist. The spirit of Antichrist does not reconcile. It doesn't restore. But the spirit of Christ always seeks restoration. All the time. Amen. It doesn't matter where you've come from or what you've done. The spirit of reconciliation is the Holy Spirit working among His people. My Bible says in Ephesians 2 that He hath broken down every wall. There's no walls. There's no walls between us and the Lord and us and one another. People who choose to build up walls are people that are not walking in the love of God. That's what God's Word says. I don't want walls in my life. Today we live in a divided nation. A nation that has become polarized with opinions and offenses. We live in an offended nation. People are offended all around us. They're hurt. And God gives us the solution to that. And you know what that solution is? Forgive. The solution is forgive. The solution is restore. Oh, yeah, but pastor, you just don't understand what I've gone through. I don't have to understand. Jesus took all of our offenses and all our issues on the cross, nailed them, and He made you more than conquerors in Christ. I can choose to receive what He says, or I can choose to live in hurt. I can choose to live with an offense. We have an offended nation. And we need a healing in our nation. Let me tell you where the healing in the nation is going to begin. It starts in the house of the Lord. Today we got people running everywhere, doing their thing. I'm offended. I'm leaving. I'm going. Sad. That's sad. That's not walking in the love of God. That's not walking in the grace that we need to walk in. We need to walk in the grace of God. We need to walk in His mercy. Amen? It's really important. If we, if we don't have it together here, what kind of gospel do we have to take out there? We're not working it in, out in here. We're not going to be able to take it out there. That's God's Word. And I, I, I really I say that because I believe the Lord wants us to come to a new level of faith. 
new level of understanding. We call those things that are not as though they are. That's what we're doing. Amen. You may feel, well, pastor, I've been a failure. My Bible says you're more than a conqueror. You may say, well, pastor, I am poor, and I can't, I can't make it. My Bible says I can do all things through Christ. My Bible says, there are people today that says, yeah, but you just don't understand what I've walked through. My Bible says you're seated with Christ in heavenly places. I want to say this. There has been so much unbelief in the church. And I, I, uh, I was, remember talking yesterday to Mike Riga, and Mike and I were talking on the phone, and he says, Pastor Ray, uh, God has just been opening my eyes because I've been getting into the Word. And the Word of God has just been bringing abundant life. And I remember, Mike, you were so happy on the phone yesterday, and uh, just breakthroughs that are coming in his life and what the Lord's been showing. And here's what he said. It's because I've been actually reading the Bible. It's amazing what happens when you read the Bible. I mean, you know, people don't... By the way, you know you can read the Bible and it, it not change you, but when you read in faith. And he, he was so excited, and, and I got pumped up when I got done talking to Mike. I mean, I was just so blessed. And Mike was saying, man, it's, I'm just getting into the depths of the Word, and God's opening my eyes, and I'm, I'm seeing things I've never seen before. I mean, you know what? When you begin to get into God, do you know your problems really stay small? But when you are not into God, your problem's big. And we make the problem big when we're not into Him. And I, I don't know about you, but I want to get into God and see my problems shrink. Because we serve an awful big God. You know, this past week we've had an opportunity, and David's going to come, and, and uh, he's going to be, some, I guess, some young people of, we just, they just come back from youth camp, and the Lord ministered to many of our young people, and he's going to just share a little bit here. So Dave, why don't you come on up? And... Amen. Right. Thank you, guys. For, thank you, guys, for just, it's good to move as a family, and I, we have the opportunity to take your children for a week and just uh, really just see God move in a, in an awesome way, and the cool thing is everyone is going through something so different, but they walk out with the same solution, and it's amazing. So I asked a couple, a couple people to come up. Go ahead and come up. If I asked you, go ahead and come up and sit, uh, sit, sit on the front, and um, and um, I just want to. Uh, we've taken a uh, just a step into some unknown territory and it's always fun because you don't know what to expect and got something God's been really sharing me is how how dangerous it is to try to come to a place of safety where you are just safe in what you believe and there's a lot of people who try to acquire I need to learn enough so I can be safe with God just so I can be safe. And that's a really dangerous place to be because the only safe place to be is when you are practicing being dangerous against the kingdom of hell. When you are 
when you are advancing, the most, the, the, the safest place to be, if you play football, the safest place is when you're moving the ball, when you're going forward, when you're advancing, or if you're in the military, the safest place to be is when you're on the attack and you're taking ground. So when you come to a place where you're like, okay, I'm good, that, that neutrality, that place of stopping, you've opened the door to lose ground. And as we are walking, and you're walking in your life, are you taking the advances that he is, the opportunities that he's putting in front of you? Um, so, uh, Jonathan, you start us off just with what God was showing you. Um, last year at camp, it felt like I was growing in the Holy Spirit and like I really felt him in everything. And this year, it felt like I was being trained in the Holy Spirit, and it was really good, and I just felt His uh, presence and everything. Um, on Wednesday, well, on Monday and Tuesday, it was, it was like okay, it was kind of like average, and I felt His presence at like worship and stuff like that. And then on Wednesday, I knew there was going to be a speaker, John Gray, there. And I knew that he would, he was like anointed and he would come with the Holy Spirit and everything. And so all of Wednesday, my spirit was getting like really pumped up. And I was really getting into the spirit, just like in everything I did, I was getting into the spirit. Um, and then right after dinner, uh, I, I was walking back to my dorm, and I saw this one guy, and I looked at him like once, and then I looked again, and the first time I saw him, he was probably like 50 or so, and the second time I saw him, he was about like my age or so, and I knew that it had been like a vision, and I was kind of like for a second like, what does this mean, God? And then I got revelation that it meant that he had wisdom beyond his years. And I felt like I was supposed to share it with him. So I went up to him, like out of faith, and I just said, Hey, uh, God gave me a word for you that you have wisdom beyond your years. And then like right when I said that, something like shifted. And I knew that I wasn't supposed to talk to him about that. I knew that I was supposed to talk to him about God's love for him. And so I just said, hey, man, God loves you so much, and he's proud of you. And he started just, like, sobbing, like, breaking down, crying. And he said that he had been feeling rejected by God because of the things that he had done and that he really needed that. And it just really uplifted me, too, because... Uh, I had been kind of like cautious about sharing things that God had given to me, and it really just like, man, it was it was really good because it it let me come into the power of God and it let me like come under Him and like it just helped me to follow Him a lot better. So. Um, first of all, I just want to thank all of you for your prayers and for supporting us as we went out to this camp. I want to thank all of you for that. 
the worship there was just every time that we came into worship it was just brought everyone to such an intimate place with the lord and i'm just so thankful for that and the leaders and the the pastors there they i'm really i want to thank them because they took the responsibility to take it up a level with god so that they could bring the congregation up a level because you know if you don't have the la- the leaders taking the stand if they're not taking it up with god how can everyone else take it so i wanted to thank the the leaders that were there that they would step that they stepped it up so that we could be able to come into that place with god um i believe it was on thursday night i had a really big experience with god i really felt like he was saying i just want to take you to a spiritual level i want to do something with you spiritually and i was kind of a little bit nervous about it at first i didn't really know you know what was going on i was like well all right i just said holy spirit will you just please come on me just boom straight to the ground and as i was laying there i was just in such awe of his awesome presence i was just like wow just just wow like i didn't even know what to say i said lord i just completely submit myself to you all the good all the bad i just give this all up to you god just such an awe of his presence and then something really strange started to happen it was like what was happening to me physically was prophesying over my future and my heart started beating really fast and i could feel my heart like everywhere in my ears in my head in my stomach like all over my body i could just feel my heart just pulsing and then my face started getting really hot like just really warm and then my lips especially my lips just felt like they were on fire and i was like okay well what's going on here i didn't really understand it at first and then God started speaking to me and he said, "I brought attention to your lips because you'll speak into the nations." And then he said, "I'm making your face warm because you're going to be like a light to the people that you see and I'm making your heart like go, you know, throughout your body and all cuz your heart's not just going to stay in one place, it's spreads, it's contagious." I was just like, "Whoa, you know, like I didn't expect him to say that at all." And I just had to spend like the whole night just like marinating on that, just trying to consume it in my mind that I really felt like throughout this whole camp experience like I've really grown that I wasn't just something that I went to but I grew to new levels that I'm not just just being here but I'm beginning to take more leadership like he's calling me to more leadership and it's just been so good I, I thank you all for for praying for us and everything thank you um what I really liked the sermons and all that stuff. It was really cool. And for my first time, I really, really enjoyed it. And I want to go back next year. But on Wednesday night, John Gray, have you all heard of him? Okay, well, he's a really good pastor. And uh, well, he was preaching that night, and he asked us to come up if we felt like we wanted to go take the next step, getting closer to God. Well, I went up, and... I felt like God put my heart to do a treasure hunt the next day. So I asked David what a treasure hunt was and what it kind of, you know, how to do it and stuff. And he told me about it. So I decided to do one. And after that, I went with Nathan because he was on a treasure hunt. And then Jessica joined us for a treasure hunt. We found this lady on Nathan's. It was a lady with the, was it right? Right. Okay, left. Broke left ankle like something was hurting on it and we prayed for her and she was really happy that we did it and then we found 
a lady that was Nate on Nathan's list and my list, and we prayed for her, and she really was happy that we prayed for her, and Amen. she felt like it was just wow. something really nice. Awesome. And I really enjoyed the place. Awesome. Thank you, Lord. So, yeah, God gave him an item and Nathan an item, and it ended up being the first, the same person. So that's really cool when there's a twofer. A twofer-one. Um, I, I, oh, I was going to share something else, but listening to Elijah, um, Thursday night, I was, I'd gone to the, the campus store, and I was coming back to my seat, and this young man comes up to me, and he says, hey, um, can I pray for your arm? Sure, okay. Turned around, gave him the left arm. He was like, are you, are you sure? Yeah, go for it. Go for it. I've had many people pray for the healing and the restoration of my left arm. And this gentleman, it was two of them, he and his friend, both of them were named Ryan. They came up, and as they were praying, I felt movement in the spirit. I felt like my bone was stretching. And I was like, all right, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. This has never happened. Never happened. And what it brought back to mind is for probably about six months now, David will come up periodically and say, are you feeling anything? No, no, I'm not feeling anything. Okay, well, I just feel like, you know, whatever. But when I felt the movement, it was like I'm, I'm feeling it in the physical, but I'm feeling it also in the spiritual. And so I'm starting to speak that, yes, there's movement. There's movement. There's movement. There's movement. Okay, God, you're moving in a non-traditional, non, you know, oh my gosh, it's miraculously right there kind of way. And I was sharing with Lynette last night, I was just, I don't know what I was doing, and I happened to look down at my left arm and I went, it's longer. Come on. Thank you, Jesus, yeah. it's longer. Yeah. And it was, it was, and the cool thing was, was yeah. I've never declared this over myself. I've never declared anything, a specific time frame over myself. But when I was talking to those young men, I was like, look for me next year. I said, if you guys are here, you look for me next year, I will have both of my arms. They were like, all right. And I think it took them by surprise. It took me by surprise. And, and it was like the enemy was coming in. Are you sure you want to say that? And I was like, you know what? Get out. I know what the word of the Lord says. I know what his plans are for me. And I receive them. I don't care what you say. I don't care what you think you have planned. God's got something completely different in mind. So now I'm declaring that I'll be standing before you guys this time next year with both arms. And it's just, it's one of those things that it goes against what your mindset, your traditional mindset tells you. It goes against everything that you've been taught and everything that you believe. And you have to reevaluate, okay, is this lining up with what God says? And if it doesn't, okay, then I think I need to set it aside. I need to set it aside. And what is his word leading? His word's leading that I've got two arms. Yeah. I think it was, I don't, I don't know who it was that was talking about the man that um, had the withered hand and Jesus told him to stretch it out. That was like, click, confirmation, click, confirmation, click, confirmation. I'm stretching out this left hand. There's going to be, in, there's, there's lengthening already. There's increase already. There's a hand there already. It's just waiting to manifest in the flesh. So that, that was one of the things that just kind of blew me away this week. But there was a bunch of other stuff that I'm not going to share. I just had to share that part. Jesus. Amen. We, Sheree was with me, but when we were on, it was like the first night, I think, or the second night, and we were walking up, 
And there was a girl with a knee brace. It wasn't a, like a knee sock. It was like a brace, but it wasn't a cast. And she was, she was walking up the steps. And God just God shared with me, everyone's in a different stage, but he said, hey, if you ever see someone with a cast or a problem in their, or like something visible, he's like, that's just a freebie. Like you can feel free to go pray for that. And I'm like, okay. So I, I saw this girl and I said, hey, can I pray for your knee? And she looked like I was going to hit her with a truck. And and she was like, okay. And I said, hey, maybe God will heal it. And so, uh, and I asked her friends with her to, to put their hands on her knee. And we just said, hey, God, just do your thing. You know, we thank you, God, for healing her. And... And I, I said, you're going to get healed. And she was like, okay, thanks. So the next day, out of nowhere, this girl comes running up to me and just hugs me. And it was, it was oh, and by the way, when I, I said, what's her name before I prayed for her? And her name was Rebecca. And I was like, hey, you're on my list. And she was freaked out. She said, where did you get that list? I said, I don't know. God gave it to me. Look, he gave me your name like three days ago. And she was weirded out by that. And so we prayed for her leg. The next day she found me. She hugged me. She said, she said, last night I got healed. She said, I got back to the dorm and my leg, my knee was tingling and it didn't feel, it didn't feel like it did. So I took my brace off and there was no pain. It was totally gone. So amen. Right. And, and God showed me something and I want to say something and I, I, I know this is going to offend a lot of you, and I hope it does to a place of growing. Every person Jesus prayed for got healed. Yes. Is that correct? That tells me, and also every person that he saw and he, you know, he, he would pray for it, there would be that... That tells me if I pray for someone and they have not, I have not seen the manifestation, I don't stop and I keep praying and I keep going and I keep going. And it's very easy. This is where the devil speaks. If you pray for someone and they don't get healed and go, well, that wasn't God's will. I'm sorry, but Jesus was God's perfect will and every person he prayed for got healed. So that tells me I'm learning. You can pray for someone and they got, they don't get healed and you say, well, I guess it's not God's will. You just stopped learning. You just took a stance that, well, I, it wasn't my fault. He should have done something. No, maybe you need to posture yourself to continue to grow. I just, I refuse. I have said, I refuse to let sickness, disease, anything be a reality on my watch. God has, Jesus was our model, and I'm going to realign, because we could see a lot of ministers and we could see a lot of churches that didn't model what Jesus is modeling. That doesn't mean, that, that they are men of God, but they're learning too. So I learned from Jesus. You need to learn from Jesus. Learn from Jesus. Get in the Word, learn from Jesus. You know, Jesus... Jesus was you pretty much and you are in Christ now. He was in you. So 
just feel free to challenge your thinking this morning. That just think of this. What if, just play with me. What if every person you prayed for got healed? What if, like, what if, why don't you just play with that thought and keep it in your mind and don't let it be answered until God answers it? Because sometimes we let an experience be the answer to our question and God didn't reveal his will. So we need to keep asking it. Does that make sense? Let God answer it with his declaration. And what's his declaration say? By, by his stripes, we are healed. We're healed. We're healed. You guys, I, I just, I know the presence of God is here. I actually can feel attention right now in the spirit because what just happened was there, I just hit you with a thought that opposed another thought. And now there's a battle. What am I going to believe? Just let the Holy Spirit do a work there and let, what is his out? What does it look like in heaven? Just think of that. What does it look like in heaven? In heaven, Sheree's got two arms. I'm going to fight for that reality. Are you going to fight for that reality? Are you, uh, is there any mourning? Is there any, is there any sadness in heaven? No. I'm going to fight for that reality. I am not, is there any, is there any division in heaven? No. I'm going to fight for that reality. You fight for what you know is in heaven. What's God's will? Whatever's in heaven. That's God's will. Because if it wasn't there, he wouldn't allow it. See, so I'm going to fight. I just said, I'm going to fight for what's in heaven. And anything that's not there, I am going to be coming against it with the kingdom of heaven. It's actually fairly simple. What's God's will? Just, what is God's will for my life? Just bring heaven. Bring heaven. Well, I don't know what that looks like. Well, you do, but the reason why you don't think you do is because you've seen a reality that you wonder if it's God's will or not. God's will is in heaven. Does that make sense? Um, God was doing constant. Well, we, had, we had youth pastors coming up saying, your kids are praying for my kids. Thank you so much. What are you guys, what is this? What are you doing? And there's a hunger, but they're getting something from another kingdom and they're bringing it here and it's, they're touching people. Like, this is what you've wanted. Some of you guys have exhausted your religious experience. And now the Holy Spirit is saying, I want you to be drawn from my kingdom because it's endless. And you don't get bored when you draw from the kingdom of heaven. It's impossible. It's a mystery. And you're, you know, it's God's job to hide things and it's your job to reveal them. Are you revealing things in people? Are you really bringing out the kingdom of God in people? Are you like searching are you trying to bring Jesus out in a person or are you trying to bring out their junk? Does that make sense? So many of us are trying to make people agree with what they've done wrong rather than who has made them right. God is, God is doing something and he's actually giving these young people a model and they're seeing Jesus in the third dimension and it's amazing. It's like they will not be the same and one of the main things... Something that I got last year, and I'm going to be done, but something I got last year 
when we came back from camp, I took Kim out to eat. We were, we were at a burger place. And I said, I said, this changes everything. Like, I heard, some, I, I heard something. God did something at camp in me a year ago. And he said, this changes everything. And I told Kim, I said, Kim, this changes everything. This changes everything. And then this year, that was, that was, if you guys remember, John Gray's message was, this changes everything. And I don't know, I, don't, I know that was the title of the sermon, but I'm going to take that as a gift from God for me that says, David, you heard right. And what you declare to your wife last year is what I want you to stay on track with. And he confirmed it this year, and I just, it, I just lost it. I was like a baby on the floor, rolling around, crying. Just, and it was because of God's goodness. You're on track. You are, it says that we are to make the kingdoms of this world like, look like the kingdom of our God. Are you doing that? Or are you watching the news saying, man, I got a lot of, you know what, I, I don't, I've actually stopped going on all the news sites. I stopped watching television news just because I don't want to know. I don't want to. I don't want to be so accurate in the diagnosis. I want to be really aware of what I'm bringing rather than what I'm up against, because he is the answer to all those issues. And so many times, the reason why you can't impact society is because you're you're in it too much. And you can't find the problem because you're in the whirlpool. And it isn't until somebody jumps in the whirlpool who wasn't in the whirlpool that they actually make a difference and stop the current of what's going on. So some of you guys, that's a call for you is get out. Get your perception out of what you're trying to change and re- really realize what the change is that you're bringing. There's power in that. God's going to give you guys revelation. He's going to move out. You're not going to, you're not going to come to church and it be like crawling. Oh, I just got to get one more week. Oh, Lord, I'm so sorry I messed up or anything like that. Just the, instead of, instead of trying to get to heaven, you're going to be bringing it. Everybody say, bring it. Okay. Awesome. Well, that's the word this morning. Praise God. And that's good. That's good. Amen. How many of you know that miracles in the kingdom of God is what Jesus referred to as, as the children's bread? You know, I, I do want to say one thing that David said that uh, we're to pray for the sick. Actually, Jesus never said to pray for the sick. He said, heal the sick. Because, you know, greater is he who is in you. And, and he said, you're to cast out demons, heal the sick, raise the dead, you know, freely have you given, uh, freely have received, freely give. In other words, because greater is he that's in, in you. There is such power and there is such life. Now, here's the battle. The battle is this, really simple. Many of us have come out of backgrounds that deny the power of the Holy Spirit, deny the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We've been, we've been taught by ministries, teachers. Some of you come out with the baptism of the Holy Spirit's not for today. Miracles are not for today. The power of God's not for today. And so what we've done is kind of sit back on our laurels and just kind of wait for, and we preach the rapture and watch the Gaither Trio. And, uh, you know, that, that's, that's the, uh, the context of our services today is be entertained by music and just kind of go through live and hear a few little stimulated sermons and wait for the rapture. 
That is not what Jesus intended for the church to be. The church intended for the, Jesus intended for the church to be active moving forward, bringing the kingdom of heaven to earth. And how many of you know we're no longer living uh, from a place of trying to get there? We're, we're already there. We live from that place of his righteousness. We're, we're righteous conscious. We're miracle conscious. Uh, somebody asked me, well, Pastor, I want to know what the will of God is for my life. And I told him some time ago, I said, raise the dead, heal the sick, cast out demons, and then get married if you want to. You know? Uh, Pastor, am I supposed to take this job? Am I supposed to buy this car or this house? I said, well, amen. What did Jesus say? Ask, you shall receive. Buy that house, cast out demons, raise the dead, heal the sick, cast out. I mean, th- that's the will of God. We have so complicated knowing the will of God, and Jesus wants us to walk with a freedom. Because where the Spirit of the Lord is their freedom. A person who is not free is in bondage. And when they're in bondage, there's no joy. There's no freedom in their life. There's no flow in their relationships. There's no flow in their faith to be able to deliver what God has already freely given to them. You see, it, is, it should be the most natural thing for you. It's, it, it's what Jesus called the children's bread. We are eating the children's bread. In other words, and that's what feeds you. That's what ministry. You know, there, I want to just close with this, but I remember a story that Jesus said. In fact, it was his first message right after he was revealed to Israel in the city of Nazareth. Remember this, this scripture in Luke 4.18 where Jesus said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, open blind eyes, preach the gospel to them that are bruised, and set at liberty them that are bruised, and to bring the acceptable year, or the year of jubilee, to Israel. And Jesus was the full manifestation of the year of jubilee, and every Israelite knew what that meant. Because it, it meant for all of those who are in debt, all of those that are enslaved to bondage, All of those that are in bondage were set free, their debt was eliminated, and they were brought back into a place of complete and total restoration. That's why we minister reconciliation and restoration. But the interesting thing, right after that, it says that Jesus closed the book and he sat down. And everybody in the synagogue looked at Jesus and said, Wow, what gracious and marvelous words Jesus, the son of uh, Joseph and Mary said. And then he said that, and this day in your hearing is this prophecy fulfilled. And then you know what? He, he dropped a bomb right in the middle of the meeting. Do you know that wherever the Holy Spirit is, he's dropping bombs? And he's dropping, and, and by the way, you, if you ever want to know if you're in the right place, is if, there, if it's a place where religion is being disturbed. The traditions of men are being disturbed. And what happened is, he said, this day in your hearing is the fulfilling. And the first thing they begin to do is they start saying, wait a minute. This is the son of Joseph and we know his brothers. We know where he comes from. All of a sudden, because of familiarity, they knew him as a carpenter they could not make that transition in their minds to embrace the power of the supernatural, the power of the kingdom resting on Jesus. They couldn't do it. 
And remember what Jesus said right after that? He talks about Elijah and Elisha. And he said this, and I want you to hear me. He said, do you remember, he's talking to the church there at Nazareth, this little synagogue. He says, do you remember that in the days of Elijah, there were many widows in Israel because there was a famine on the earth for three and a half years. But Elijah was not sent to the people of Israel, but he was sent to the widow of Zarephath, a Gentile. Then he says, in the days of Elisha, Elisha, there were many lepers in the land of Israel, and many were dying, but the prophet was not sent to the children of Israel. They were sent to Naaman the Syrian, who was healed of his leprosy. And the Bible says right after that in Luke 4 that the men in the synagogue became angry at Jesus and took a hold of him and they were going to take him out and they were going to throw him over the cliff. But the Bible says that he passed right through. He just became invisible and walked right through all of them and left. And what Jesus was saying is because you are not looking for the Messiah, because you're not looking for the coming one, you're going to miss your day of visitation. I don't know about you folks, but I don't want to miss Jesus. In other words, and, and, and uh, you see, here's the thing. They were so caught up with asking Jesus to show them a sign. There's a lot of people today are saying, well, Lord, you know, if you're real, show me a sign. God never told us to seek signs. We we're told to seek him. When you seek him, signs follow. And so here's the point. I, I believe the Lord is opening our eyes today to seek him. Amen. Because when we begin to seek him, as you go back and you read those stories in Kings, it's interesting that with the widow of Zarephath and Naaman, it was the king, the commander over Naaman that sent him to be healed. And it was this little girl in the house of Naaman who said, I know a prophet back in Israel who know, can heal my uh, master, uh, his mistress, if, if he will only call for the servant. And it was the king who had more faith in the stranger than God's own people. I, I don't know about you, but I, I want to have faith in all that God says in his word today. Amen? I really believe the Lord is trying to say something to us. He's awakening our eyes. I, I want to say to our young people, he's calling apostles and prophets, evangelists and pastors. You know, I was thinking of Daniel. Daniel who purposed in his heart not to defile himself. Esther was a young girl when God made her a queen. And we have Daniel and David and other mighty men and women of God in Scripture. God's using our young people. And so I, I want us just to stand. Could we just stand here right this morning? And we want to give thanks to all that God has done already. But I, I want to pray for the young people that came from camp. And how many of you parents out there are going to encourage your kids and what God has said to them? Let's continue to pray over them. Continue to speak faith in their life. They need that. And uh, you watch God work. I believe this year in our schools, we're going to hear some powerful testimonies of what God's done because of the touch of the Lord on their life. Amen. Let's just close. Father, we thank you.